When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to a new episode of The Simpsons Did It. I'm your host, Steven Skolansky. And I'm your co-host, Robert Skolansky. And this week, let's go to Hollywood. Uh, I, I've been to Hollywood. I've been to Hollywood, too. I've even made, not a movie, I've been in a commercial in Hollywood on a set. Ooh. It was oh, awesome. That's right. You did the one for Best Buy that they never I actually did. that that they actually never put to network. No, it wasn't on network, but it was online. And so it was on like BestBuy.com and you could see it on yeah. there, which was kind of cool. So but I've also worked on uh movie sets, like Hollywood production movie sets before, which is awesome. So I, I feel like I'll be able to help out a lot with this with this particular episode. Sure. Um, By the way, I, I've been working on my catchphrase. Up and at them? No. Gee Willikers, Batman. Oh, wait. <laughs> no, 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 no. Jiminy Jillikers. <laughs> Jiminy Jillikers. I don't even know what that means anymore. Yep. Now, uh, now, have you ever auditioned? Well, I guess you, you're not a camera guy. You don't no, want to be I am. I have been on. Uh, I think I've said this on, on the podcast before. Uh, I spent a semester in front of the camera in college doing uh, some sports stuff. Uh, and I hated every second of looking at myself on camera, which is why I work behind the camera. See, I like looking at myself on camera and I've done a lot of auditions and people like me. So um, I, but, I've just never been like you because <laughs> based on your height. But we'll get into that. <laughs> um, I ha- I mean, I've shown up on TV quite a bit over the last several years, either by accident or on purpose, because um, a couple of the studios I've worked in have uh overhead cameras uh, and so like uh especially so it's those, like law lo- it's like those long shots you see on like news reports and stuff where they kind of like it's an overhead shot over or overhead yeah. yeah it's an overhead so uh when i used to work in madison um in the old studio because now they're in a new studio so i don't know what their camera setup is because i left before i start i worked in that new building but in the old building, they had a camera set up. So anytime I was on the floor, a lot of the times, that was the last thing you would see before like commercial would run at the end of the show. So yeah, I would uh, I would show up on camera. I waved a couple times, <laughs> o- only if it was like a holiday. But yeah, oh. yeah. So you know, um, but nope, never never been on a Hollywood set. So that'd be kind of cool. Um, but this week we're doing season seven, episode two, Radioactive Man, everybody's favorite superhero. You know, I have a Radioactive Man Funko Pop. I do too. He's pretty cool. I'm glad they made him. That was a a deep cut. I I think I need a copy of Radioactive Man number one. I wonder if they've ever made that. I don't think they've ever made that. You know what? So we know, uh, you know, Funko's really big on the comic uh, book covers, on the comic book covers, a Simpsons comic book cover of Radioactive Man would actually be perfect. Wink, wink. Come on. 
if you guys uh if you guys are working at Funko out there or know someone our podcast or know someone you know give them a little nudge in the right yeah. direction uh the air date for this episode was uh 92495 so uh yeah so september if september. you guys don't know your numbers yeah we are what 4 weeks away from uh treehouse of horror number 6 yep yeah. And we're going to have another new special guest, um, which I'm actually really excited to have on for Treehouse of Horror. Um, I won't give any names, but this said gentleman has worked for uh, such TV shows as The Walking Dead, Creep Show, and a few others to name uh, name a few. So get ready for that because yeah. I love I, I lo- we love having people that love horror yes. on here. So having someone that's worked in horror is even better. Yeah. And it's going to be dope. Uh, the recap for this episode. When a movie based on a comic is filmed in town, the part of the hero sidekick goes to Millhouse. Unbelievable, man. Bart got screwed. He sure did. We'll we'll talk about that. Uh, the chalkboard gag this week. Uh, Bewitched does not promote Satanism. <laughs> wasn't no, it that promotes, a whole, wasn't it promotes that witchcraft. A whole thing about, yeah, but wasn't that a thing about Bewitched? I don't know. Like, that was a sixties television show or something. No, I know, but I feel like I feel like I read somewhere that like a lot of people were like, like this isn't kid friendly. It's about a witch who you know does magic and stuff. And yeah, well, if you watch it nowadays, it's pretty kid friendly. Oh yeah. Because I mean it was made in the sixties, seventies. I don't know. I never watched Bewitch. I'm I'm a nineties kid. (laughs) um our couch gag this week uh once again is new um like a fax machine um and for anybody out there who doesn't know what a fax machine it's like a paper email yep but with a phone (laughs) yep think about it um the couch ejects a sheet of paper with a picture of the family out uh which then floats up into the air and then slides beneath the couch now, I know our dad had a fax machine. Uh, I think they got rid of house. it. Yeah, no, no, like back when we were growing up in our old house. He had Dude, they, they had that fax machine uh, when they moved to the condo. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. He still, <laughs> I, he used it up until, I don't know, what year are we in? 2022? Probably 10 years ago was the last time I saw it. It's Nice. So, keeping it, uh, keeping it old school. I don't know what the hell he was using it for. Maybe work. Yeah, it was all work related stuff. Because yeah. I remember when I was on the phone and someone was trying to fax <laughs> in something, and I get the buzzing in my ear. I'll be like, "The fuck is this?" Yeah, fax machines were a joke. I don't think. Well, I mean, for think, the think time, it made sense, but you I mean, know, as technology progresses, dude, email was around in the late eighties. Yes, but 90s. old people don't know how to send emails. Dude, you got the free AOL disc from Best Buy in Circuit City, man. Everyone had an AOL disc. Yeah, but nobody in the 80s was tech savvy enough to send emails. <laughs> and those people in the 80s who were adults in the 80s, who are now in their 60s and 70s like our parents. Uh, well, I guess our mom knows. I, I guess our parents do know how to send emails. Yeah. But but there are a lot of old people out there who don't understand emails still. Yeah. All right. So let's kick off this episode. Um, where, uh, we got comic book, well, at a comic book store, we're at the Android Dungeons comic book store and there's, you know, a bunch of new releases cause I, it's probably Wednesday cause that's <laughs> when comic books come out. Sure. Simpsons, 
Simpsons are at the comic book shop on Wednesday. Sure. I don't know if that changed in the nineties or not, but this day and age, all new comics. Come I would, I would probably say uh Saturday. No new comics wouldn't come out on a Saturday. Phil, like it, movies, movies always came out on uh yes, on but Tuesdays. it's but they're they're isn't aren't they in school right now? Because if it was Wednesday, they'd be in class unless they went after class. Yeah, exactly. They went after school. Okay. Because that's where you hang out. You hang out at the comic book shop after school. But we get some comics. So on the comic book rack, we got Catgirl, Bad Boy, Bird Guy. <laughs> now, for just, just kind of keep an eye. So Catgirl's probably Catwoman. Bat Boy, obviously Batman. Yeah. Bird Guy. I'm actually thinking Hawkman. That's... What do you think? Knock off a Hawkman? Yeah, I would go with that probably. All right. We got Bat Chick. So that would be Batgirl. <laughs> yep. We got Tree Man. But here's the thing. I don't Tree think Man. Groot. Groot. Yeah. But I don't know if Groot was around. I guess I don't know when. I think. Oh, well, I guess Guardians of the Galaxy has been around. But I don't know if Groot ever had his own comic book. Uh, I don't think so. No, we got Mr. Hop. Nick. Who's <laughs> Nick? Radiation Dude. Okay, so the first appearance of Groot was Tales to Astonish number 13 of November of 1960. Okay, so Groot has been around a while. Yeah. But I don't know if he's ever had his own comic book. I, like his very own. I don't think uh, so. Uh, we got the Human Bee, <laughs> Iguana Girl. Uh, Mr. Amazing. Would that be Mr. Fantastic? Yes, I'm gonna, yes, I like that. Power Person. <laughs> Is that like Power Rangers? No, wasn't there, I could have sworn there was a com, uh, Power comic. Man? I don't know. And then Star Dog. Sure. So, and I don't know if you mentioned this, but Radiation Dude, and they, they do mention it in a second here, where it is a cheap imitation of radioactive man yes and so barton millhouse look at the crappier superheroes and all and the only one that is close to radioactive man is radiation dude yeah and yes clearly a ripoff yeah and bart explains to millhouse why why radiation dude is a cheap imitation of radioactive man because radioactive man's catchphrase is up an atom uh which is a deliciously good pun yes while radiation dude's catchphrase is up and let's go (laughs) and uh comic comic book guy chimes in and asks them if they are fans of radioactive man and bart says they have read all 814 radioactive man comic books so a lot of comic books it is now i guess if they're going back to say that the comic book started in the eight in the 60s yeah as we'll see later 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 on in the episode so let's just say they started in the 60s the amazing spider-man just dropped issue 900 okay so I I could see within the realm of possibility that 814 by the mid 90s actually is a pretty decent. Well, I suppose I mean because because comic books always come out typically once a month. Once a month, so that's 12 months. So that's 35 years. So I'm gonna go with that's too many. Well, I mean, it does depend on writers and stuff like. 
I mean, 900 issues for Amazing Spider-Man. I'm okay, sure that's some almost hype. double uh, the average. If one came out a month for 35 years, that's 420. Now, granted, this is September, so we'll add nine more. Well, some comic books are two, twice twice a month. I'm okay. just saying it just dep- it just depends on on how much you're writing. Like Batman is like once once a month. Some yeah. comics. I wonder if Amazing Spider-Man was twice. It must have been twice a month. Yeah, but uh, I mean, there's always hiatuses and stuff like that, and even in comic books. But yeah. uh, so 814 actually would be in the realm of possibility for this time of of the years with 95. Um, there's a limited edition where Radioactive Man and Fallout Boy are killed on every page. <laughs> is there a comic book out there like that where like the superhero and his si- their sidekick is killed on every page? <laughs> I don't know. That would be, be great. I mean, there's a lot of crossovers. There's a lot of events that they do within comic books, so that yeah. wouldn't surprise me. Um, comic book guy tells the kids about the movie that's being made for Radioactive Man, and Millhouse and Bart's fly like fly off their heads. Like, <gasps> yeah, their hats and, fly off, and their hats fly up. And uh, the comic book guy remarks he has to get that suction on the air conditioning fixed. <laughs> I didn't know air conditioning units sucked. sucked. I thought they only blowed. Yeah, that's a little. Well, that's why. That's why his AC is garbage because it's only <laughs> sucking the air, not pushing the uh, air down. I mean, I guess if it's sucking up all the hot air. Yeah. Maybe. I don't that know if that's it. how that works, though. Yep. I'm, now, I'm not a, I'm not a now one one thing. Obviously, a lot of the kids these days, comic book movies are literally everywhere. Oh like, yeah. Every now in the nineties, we had Batman, um, Blade, had or it was Blade, Blade two thousands. That I don't know. Well, Batman was even eighty nine, but ninety two was Batman Returns. Superman. So we were kind of Superman, um, and we didn't get a lot. I mean, it wasn't like a new superhero movie every three four months so was it howard the duck in the 80s howard the duck was in the 80s there was a lot of 80s you know superman was 80s um there's a lot of 80s superhero stuff and a little bit into the 90s but not not nearly as much as there is now oh god but but seeing marvel and dc characters this day and age on screen is awesome like it's it's cool to see that stuff because it's kind of i mean yeah when it's done well Yes, but Looking I'm at just you, saying, DC. Bart and Bart and Millhouse are like, holy crap! I mean, that that's kind of the childlike wonder. Like, oh yeah, you've you've had this comic book written that you've read maybe for the past three, four years, and you're like, we fell in love with them. I mean, look, three three men in a comic book. They yeah. fought over uh, issue number one. Man, these yeah. guys are really into Radioactive Man, and to have a movie come out. I don't know if this movie was ever released, but to have a movie uh, I don't think made, so. Well, they 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 didn't because they ran out of yeah. money. <laughs> yeah, so maybe maybe they never got their movie. But to have it have it coming out and seeing it, I mean, that's just awesome. Um, but uh, the comic book guy, yeah, or Barton Millhouse, are like, well, who's going to be playing Radioactive Man? And comic book guy tells them. Well, I'll know in exactly seven minutes. <laughs> and he heads over to his computer where obviously dial up. And he also yeah. has the flaming toasters as a screensaver. Flying toasters. What did I say? Flaming. Flaming to- Flying toasters. Sorry. I mean, flaming toasters, would I think, would have been cooler with burnt toast. But anyway, um, he goes to alt.nerd.obsessive. 
where uh, a comic book guy goes to get the answer. Yeah. And uh, the other pages comic book guy has visited in his must have been his browser history. Yeah. As alt dot binaries dot pictures dot erotica. Because obviously the internet's for porn. Porn, I mean, that's that's exactly why the internet was invented. Yeah. Um, And then rec.arts.startrek.fandom, rec.org.mensa. Because don't we learn in a future episode he's actually part of of Mensa? That's the, Uh, uh, oh, the guy in the wheelchair. Stephen Hawking episode. Yep. And there's rec.games.corewar. I don't know. Yeah, and I don't know. Uh-oh. And alt.comics.radioactiveman. Yeah. Now, so, if you guys don't know, uh, everything always usually ends in .com. Yes. So, I wish these were real websites, but unfortunately, can't go see them. No. Uh, so, uh, we see comic book guys sending out a message um, asking about who is starring in Radioactive Man, the movie. And the message goes out to... Uh, a few of the nerds that helped out Homer past college. Yep. And a few other people. And uh, we see one of the people in the group is Prince. Well, it looks like such a rundown, skinny, like melting Prince. I know. It was weird. It was so weird. Um, and so then the last guy to get the message is sitting underneath the table <laughs> listening to uh, the Hollywood uh, production team. Talk about who is playing Radioactive Man. And an older executive goes, I don't see why Rainier Wolfcastle should be the star. I think we should bring back Dirk Richter. Kids will <laughs> want to see the original Radioactive Man. And a producer goes, no, I, I keep telling you, he's 73 years old and he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't God. know what his age has to do with anything. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, say he's tell dead. You, he's 73 years old. And he's dead. And he's dead. Um, and so another exec says uh, that they want to stay away from the campy 70s version. And so then we get a cut scene of uh, the, the, 70, the 70s campy version where Radioactive Man and Fallout Boy are fighting against uh, uh, the Scoutmaster, the worst villain of them all. And this is clearly a parody of the 60s Batman TV series starring Adam West. Yeah, because then we see different, we see him fighting and we get different, uh, we get the different title cards with the sound effects. Uh, we get Bort, <laughs> which is obviously a throwback to Bort license yep. plates. We get Poo. We get <laughs> Mint. Uh, Newt. Zach. Sna, which is the acronym for the uh Organization March started. I forget what it stands for. Springfieldians for niceness, understanding, no. and helping. Yes. Yes, that's, yeah. Cause From Itchy and Scratchy. Yeah, scratchy. Yep. Uh, Pan and Zuff. <laughs> that's, that's I you know, I don't really watch the 60s Batman with Adam West. I know Family Guy has done, I mean, because they used to have Adam West as a somewhat regular voice actor before his passing. And I'm pretty sure, did they have a couple episodes where they used the sound effect title cards? Yeah. 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 I mean, I've watched, every once in a while, I'll be watching, like, one of those old-timey TV stations. Yeah. And the 1966 Batman will be on. Yeah. Yeah, I'll watch it. I mean, it's funny. I mean, it's, (laughs) it's, I mean, obviously, when Tim Burton was like, I'm going to make a Batman, 
He wanted to. He definitely stayed as far away from campy nineteen sixty six. Well, so the whole conversation about them wanting the original Radioactive Man um, actually alludes to Tim Burton's Batman because execs wanted Adam West because they wanted a familiar face, and Tim Burton's like, "Oh no!" (laughs) And Michael Keaton did a fantastic job. Michael Keaton is Batman. Um, So then uh, the executives discuss where to shoot the movie. Um, and they need a place that has a nuclear reactor <laughs> and a gorge and can guarantee the full cooperation of city officials. So they're looking through, uh, a variety magazine when one of the producers sees a tiny flim Springfield ad, right? <laughs> Cause it was like film, Texas, film, Utah. Yep. And he goes, all right, this place must be hot. They don't need a big ad or even correct spelling. <laughs> um, I don't think that's the right move. How did that even get into that magazine? Was that was well? That, you had to pay for the, an ad, so they probably yeah. paid for it. Did they're we like, see oh. the co- did we happen to see the cover of the magazine at all? I mean, we know it's Variety. Was it okay? It was Variety. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I love this line so much. Uh, the producer asks. The assistant to get him two plane tickets to the state Springfield is in. Because yeah, it's nice that they had a gorge and a uh, nuclear power and, plant. And a nuclear power plant. And they definitely will get the full cooperation of city officials. Yeah, by uh, shelling out a ton of money. Yes. So the producers meet with Qu- Quimby and Wiggum. And the producer's like, all right, we have $30 million to spend. We'll uh, blow up your dams, destroy forests, anything. If there's a species of animal that's causing you problems, nosing around your uh, camera, we'll have it wiped out. Look, we just want to make movies, not kill things. And Wiggum's like winking. He's like, right, we understand. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so great. Because, yeah, I mean, being on location is the way that I, I, 90s films were really made. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they don't want to kill things. They just want to make a movie. Yeah, you it's don't a... really see too many movies nowadays shooting on location. Yeah, especially like so, some of the dumb ones just recently, like the new Mighty Ducks, like Game Changers from Disney Plus. Yeah. They say they're like season one. Oh, we're in Minnesota. We're going to film in Canada. I mean, <laughs> just, film um, in Min- just film it in Minnesota then. People like, were I know they're... People were actually pissed around here. I would be too. I mean, because here's the thing. Yes, there are a lot of states you can film in, obviously, but it's obviously easier to film at a studio location because you don't have to worry about permits. Yep. Well, also it comes down to tax breaks too. And Minnesota finally signed uh, last session. They finally signed some really awesome tax breaks for the state of Minnesota for filming. Mm-hmm. So we're hopefully hopefully going to see our, uh, our uh, productions kick up, which will be really awesome. Yeah. So so we cut to the school and Skinner announces that the school uh that the school uh will have radioactive man shooting in Springfield, but calls him Radio Man. <laughs> and Nelson yells at the speaker, he goes, Ha ha or uh it's radioactive man, stupid. <laughs> well, I don't think I should have been able to hear that. <laughs> the speakers aren't two ways. Nope. And, uh, and then, uh, uh, half the class is wearing hats because he was like, he's like the, uh, they're going to pick a local kid to play fallout boy and all the kids hats go flying into the air 
because their air conditioning is broken too. And Skinner's like, uh, the air conditioner will be fixed uh, next. The, fix yeah, the next why, day. why are most of the class wearing hats? Is that hat day at Springfield Elementary? I don't. Okay, so hats were never allowed in our elementary school. No, hats. Dude, I couldn't start wearing a hat in school until college. <laughs> when uh, you were a grown up and no one cared. Exactly. <laughs> no, I don't know. Maybe hats are allowed in Springfield Elementary. I don't well, know. if it's like hat day. Because no, I'm think... just saying wearing hats is allowed because Jimbo's always wearing his hat. I don't know who else wears a hat. Jimbo? Jimbo's Well, Jimbo's one? a bully and, you know, he's not a good kid. He doesn't follow the rules. Doesn't Bart wear his red hat ever in no. school? No. No. I don't know. Maybe. maybe like, I, I do remember in elementary school, I think... Like, if we were going on a field trip, or sometimes there'd be, like, you know, a day where, like, okay, you could wear a hat to school if you want. Then we were allowed to wear hats, but outside of that, no. I don't know, but I also wanted to point out that Nelson's hat, (laughs) I don't know if the animator was just having an off day or not, (laughs) but it was, like, this white square with, like, Oh this yeah, triangle brim on his head. Yeah, it was. It weird. didn't even really look like a hat. I, I'm pretty I think, sure. You know, it's funny though. I think I did notice one of the kids in the class wearing a yarmulke. Really? In the back, because it was like just a circular shape on the kid's head, but it was like a really tiny circle. Oh, I don't know. And so then we get a headline: Who will be Fallout Boy? Sub headline: Who will be Fallout Boy? <laughs> oh boy. Yep. And so Bart uh, climbs up uh, onto the stove to practice his uh, follow boy dialogue because obviously he's going to audition. Yeah. And he's like very dramatically, look behind you, radioactive man. The sun is exploding again. (laughs) I'm like, what script did he get? I don't know. Maybe it is a current script. I don't know. And Bart's like, Bart, why are you talking like that? Yeah. And who the hell are you talking to? And he looks at Marge very suspiciously. This is Homer talking, by the way. Yep. It's like, Marge, do you have other men in this house? <laughs> Radioactive men? <laughs> <laughs> and Bart obviously explains he's practicing to get the role of, of Fallout Boy. And when he gets it, he can finally figure out who he is. Um, and uh, You're 10 years old, Bart. Yeah. <laughs> and so the town uh, starts putting up, you know, signs all over town. Yeah. And they erect a sign that says, welcome Hollywood money. Because <laughs> that's what a lot of towns did. Like when Minnesota got uh, Little Big League, Mighty Ducks, and uh, Jingle All the Way, a lot of a show, a lot of other movies. Yeah. yeah prices tend to go up because, I mean, when you're hot, you're hot. Yeah. And so we see uh, I Heart Phony signs. Uh, dollar bill signs hanging everywhere. Springfield Savings has a sign that says, there's no money like show money. <laughs> but and, it's uh, dollar bill signs. Yep. Of, and know. Springfield Hospital has a, that their <laughs> sign's awesome. It says, extra patients make patient extras. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then Homer flips through the TV. And as he does, this is kind of Yeah, this is really cool. cool. And, he, and as he's flipping through the channels, it forms a sentence everyone's saying a word it's like yeah. everyone's talking about radioactive man and that's really cool i mean everyone is talking about radioactive man yeah. and among the characters who make cameos in the television montage of people talking about radioactive man are scott christian don't Preston know the clown yep uh troy McLure. yep stacy lavelle yep brad goodman 
which is kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah. uh, Carl Carlson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Birch Barlow. Ooh, I thought he got ran out of town. Yeah, apparently not. He's back. And and uh, Conan O'Brien. Yep. Good old Conan O'Brien. Well, you got to pay homage to the funniest writer they've ever had. Yep. And so then we get uh, Mo showing Homer and Barney a TV poster of him in The Little Rascals. And he's like, Barney's like, wow, you mean you were one of the original Little Rascals? I was like, yeah. Homer's like, which one were you? The ugly one? And Mo's just staring <laughs> at him. He's like, were you the ugly one? <laughs> no. I was the tough kid. Smelly. My shtick was uh, looking into exhaust pipes and getting a face full of soot. <laughs> Nobody could do that better than me. Of course, it was kind of hard to think of reasons for me to look in the exhaust pipe every time. But, you know, we had good writers. William Faulkner could write a exhaust pipe gag that would really make you think. <laughs> that was that was good. I yeah. like that. And then Barney asked Mo if he was, if he was such a big shot. Why isn't he still making uh, making movies? And Mo looks off into the distance. And then we get the reason why Mo is no longer in show business. And uh, we we get a flashback of him on set. <laughs> and the kids are playing with their marbles. And Mo flicks his marble into a tailpipe. But instead of him sticking his face in the tailpipe, Alfel- the kid who plays Alfalfa does it. And Mo beats the living... Beats him so bad for it, he kills the original. You stole my bit. bit. You stole my <laughs> bit. He kills the original alfalfa, and uh, yeah. But so, fun fact: if Mo really was part of the Little Rascals, who are actually referred to as our gang, the Little Rascals, um, they uh, then he would be really old because they. Uh, Aired, he would be around 60 ish, so they were in the 30s when these aired. I mean, I mean, he kind of looks 60 ish, gray hair, kind of. I mean, he's kind of old, he is kind of old, but he's also a bartender, so that makes you look older, yes. Oh, okay. Um, so <laughs> bartending yeah. ages you a little bit, yeah. So, Mo could be in his 60s, we just don't I, know. Yeah. Um, and so Mo explains the kid who played Alfalfa. The reason Mo didn't get in trouble for killing him was uh, the kid who played Alfalfa was an orphan owned by the studio. I don't okay. think studios are allowed to own orphans. Uh, probably not. No. Um, and so now we get uh, Kent uh, explaining that with Hollywood types on the way, local stores can be forgiven for raising prices just a little. And we get, we cut to the hair salon. Uh, who raised their prices on giant horrible toupees to a thousand dollars per pound? Wow! So when somebody makes a wig or a toupee, well, I guess a wig, toupee, whatever it is, do they weigh the hair and sell it to you per pound? I thought it would just be like how much the materials were plus time. Probably, yeah. Okay. Um, and then we see Springfield Hardware is selling movie screws for $10. Is that $10 a screw? Yep. Oh, good Lord. And and then we see Snake on the on the street wearing a sign that reads, Give me a million dollars or I'll bash you. <laughs> uh, uh, or he could just beat up the Hollywood guys and yeah, take, take the money. Uh, well, he wants to be nice about it. Oh, okay. To begin with, and then he'll bash you. Got it. Um, 
And so, uh, so we cut back to elementary, uh, Springfield Elementary, where there's a sign outside, sign outside that reads, Fallout Boy Editions here. Well, not here, inside. <laughs> uh, they think that was going to be confusing. I don't think I that's don't know. Some I, people are idiots. Uh, you're not wrong. So then we get kids waiting uh, in the hallway, uh, practicing for their audition. When Bart jumps out from the hallway and he yells, watch out, radioactive man. And all the kids, you know, clap and cheer for him. Because yep. apparently he's, and he's wearing like a towel for a cape. Yep. He's all ready to go, man. Oh, he's, he's ready. And so uh, Bart explains to the kids, it's all about delivery. And then he says uh, the line, now is the winter of our discontent. And Ralph's like, oh no, and runs away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah hey, he was uh, pretty convincing. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, and then we go down a little bit and we see uh, Wayne Van Houten getting Milhouse ready for uh, an audition. But Milhouse is like, I don't want to audition. So Milhouse really like, and, and, and I feel like this is, and we'll learn a little bit later why they did it. Obviously to get money. Yeah. Luanne and Kirk are those parents. They're like the, okay, wasn't Mary Cat, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen, weren't their parents like greedy, the greedy type? Um, or was yeah. that, no, that was uh, Macaulay Culkin's parents, wasn't it? Well, Britney Spears' dad is, was super greedy. Yeah. Um, a lot of those Disney, a lot of those Disney kid parents on the stop in the nineties. Um, one of the, one of the shows I watched growing up, uh, called iCarly on Nickelodeon. I forget the act, uh, uh, not Paul, Pauly. That's, um, NCIS, uh, Jeanette McCurdy. Uh, her mom was like very abusive and very greedy and just an awful parent to her. Uh, yep. she's talked about it on several podcasts so yeah you get parents like that they see a uh, uh, money signs and don't care about what their kids want yep and uh so uh nelson uh, is in his audition <laughs> and uh and they're like okay show us what you got and he's like watch and the producer's like next and nelson <laughs> walks by a mirror and he goes he sees himself in the mirror he goes ha ha and he's like oh that really hurts no wonder nobody came to my birthday. <laughs> oh my god! No, there's other reasons why yeah. no one comes to your birthday, Nelson. Well, yeah, because he realized he was bullying other kids. Yep. He's realizing that laughing at other people's pain is wrong. Yeah, he's not going to stop though. No, he's not. It's Nelson. He forgets all about it. And so uh, Ralph wanders into the best audition. Just... He should have got the. He should have got it. <laughs> Ralph. Ralph, this is the best. Uh, so he he wanders into the Fallout Edition room, and Lunch Lady Doris, uh, you know, is apparently reading lines as Radioactive Man for some <laughs> weird fucking reason. Um, <laughs> yeah. At last, the world is safe. A Fallout Boy. Ralph's like, "What's for lunch tomorrow?" And the director yells, "Next chicken, next." next! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I uh, love chicken necks. Uh, I swear to God, every time. I'm like, pretty every, sure as a kid, when I first I heard this scene, I, I didn't understand what the, because uh, like, I think I heard the word next and then he says chicken next. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? But oh as an God. adult, it's uh, like he heard the word next. next. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. God, I, I, my, I, my kid, I love my kid. And, <laughs> and, and Shay always is like, Dude, he doesn't get the like. Re- like, I reference a lot of dumb shit. Yeah, of and, course you do. And 
And every time Ellie's like, I want chicken nuggets. Chicken okay. nuggets? Oh, he's not going to get that. I know. Well, obviously. But I still say it every time anyway because it's funny. Uh, anytime I hear the word chicken nuggets, um, I, I forget where this is from, where I heard this, but uh, the line is, you eat your nuggets with a knife and fork, bro? It's a great I line. No uh, idea. Um, it's probably from a YouTube video that I watched. Um, anyways, uh, so the producer says they're never going to find the right kid. And then he sees Martin sitting in the hallway, like whistling to himself. And he's like, he's perfect. Who is he? And the lady <laughs> next to him was like, well, he's not on the list. He must've come with uh, somebody else that's auditioning. He's like, all right, well, we, that's not fair to the other kids who, uh, uh, sign their uh, signed up to audition. You know, to be fair, I feel like if you're at like if there are other people auditioning and you see somebody that you're like, oh, this person would be perfect. You don't fucking care who came to well, audition. I wonder. I wonder if that was kind of a knock on the whole getting discovered in an elevator thing, because you know, like in Hollywood, like who was that? Oh. Ryan Reynolds. There was. I. I honestly, I can't remember. There was an actor who became hugely popular and did an interview. They're like, yeah, I was just riding an elevator and it just so <laughs> happened. I was on the same elevator as this director and he liked yeah. the way I looked and had me audition. And, and here I am. I mean, I'm, to I be can't... fair though. So here's the thing and we'll get to it in a second, but, uh, isn't Martin Prince a little short? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know his height. I don't know if he's taller than Bart or not. I'm pretty sure side by side, Martin is shorter than Bart. I don't know. We'll have to, we'll, we'll get back to you on that. But, okay. uh, but yeah, it, it, I mean, I, I guess they could have just asked him, Hey, you want to audition? I mean, yeah. I know it's not necessarily fair, but sometimes that right person for a part, I mean, they just come out of left field sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but then Bart, uh, comes in to read his lines. He's like, look out radioactive man. Okay. And the guy stands up. He's like, again, Look out, radioactive man! One Whoa. more time. Look out, radioactive man! Congratulations, Bart Simpson! You're our new follow boy. That's what I'd be saying to you if you weren't an inch too short. Next. So I have a gripe <laughs> about this. Now, yes, I know Hollywood uh, is super picky and blah blah blah, but I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a name to you, and you're gonna know exactly where I'm going with this. Tom Cruise. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So don't give me the shit that Bart is too short to play Fallout Boy. If you didn't like the sound of his voice, you did it to Nelson. Yep. Is it because Bart is is a is a main character of the show? <laughs> you already have a part. You're a part of the Simpsons. <laughs> like, oh, you're an inch. And, and the other thing is, okay, he's an inch too short. You can make him look taller in the goddamn movie. Yep. If you really want. If you really want that extra, and an extra inch is not even that much. Nope. Like, come on. Have a yeah. better reason not to have Bart in the movie. Maybe. Uh, I mean, I get it. And there have been auditions I've been on. Be like, well, why wasn't I? Cho-? Like, I'm always wondering, like, you never get your that type of feedback. This guy, like, just flat out said, you're too short. Normally during an audition, you don't even get the feedback. You, like, you just don't get a callback or whatever. And you're yeah. always wondering to yourself. What what could I have done better in my audition to to stand out more? But I thought yeah. Bart was great. 
Um, so obviously Bart's like, well, I need to grow an inch or to get this part. So, uh, he ties himself to the cat and the dog, which, <laughs> okay, look, I get the whole, man, you could write on your ass very well. Yeah. How the hell do you tie yourself to the cat and the dog? Cause well, well, maybe so you, could tie it's your, you could tie your feet. That's fine. But by the time you get to your hands, well, you can't tie your hands. Maybe, maybe he had Lisa help him. <laughs> maybe. Uh, well, plus you have Santa's little helper and the cat. You got to get him to sit still. Yeah, I I don't see those two sitting still very well. But hey, look, Bart figured it out. Movie <laughs> yes. magic, folks. Yeah. And uh, they, you know, start pulling himself and they actually get Bart off the ground. Yeah, that's they a get, strong they... cat. Like that cat is probably no more than like 15 pounds max. Yeah. No, I don't know. I how mean, much does your cat weigh? Seven. Yeah. Okay. So like. And Santa's little helper is a greyhound. I don't know those, how big they get. Those guys get 40, 50, 55. So you have, so, okay, let's say 50 pounds. So you have 57 pounds of animal pulling, but like the dog would pull the cat and bark. Yes. Hey, I'll tell you this. My dog, Bobby, Dude's a strong little dude. Dude could tug oh, you yeah. pretty good. He was, I mean, he only weighed like 45 pounds, but dude was Dude, but that's what muscles. I'm saying. If you tied, if you tied Elliot to, to to Bobby and the cat, what do you think would happen? Literally nothing. Oh, you don't think Bobby would just start running off? Maybe, but he might do what the cat, what uh, Santa's little helper and uh, Snowball did, just start sit down and start licking themselves, yeah. and not paying attention. Yeah. Um. So the next morning, Bart rushes down the stairs to measure himself, but he only grew half an inch. Hey, that's pretty damn good. Marge is like, hey, that's good. Hey, half an inch overnight? That's that's pretty yeah. good. And Lisa says, Bart, Bart is growing at the same rate Abe is shrinking. And Abe walks by and says, I'm as tall as I ever was. His head is barely uh, above the table, which, um, that's, look, but I, love that, the, I love the joke. And it's actually true because it is. you do shrink as you get older. Or, yep. I mean, I remember... Our grand, our grandmother on her dad's side. I don't really remember her bubby too much, but uh, grant our grandmother. I remember her like now. Granted, I was also growing too, so that might have been part of it. But I, she, I think, told me when she shrunk a couple inches. Yeah, but Grandpa's always been as tall. I don't think he. I mean, I love the joke. Don't get yeah, me wrong. It's a great love joke. the joke. It's a great but, joke. But but yeah, Grandpa's kind of back to normal height next episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then Bart asked if there's a way he could look taller. And so he uh, wears a um, vertical striped suit, which yep. uh, helps make you look taller. Yeah. Wears platform shoes. Which obviously is going to make you look taller. Way taller. Yeah. Spikes his hair up and has a chihuahua. Because <laughs> so, I guess because I guess it makes you look bigger in comparison. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So he's doing everything. He's doing everything possible. Um, so he goes to the audition room to show them he's taller. And they have decided to go with Millhouse. But they're like, and we found our new fallout boy. And Bart kind of perks up Millhouse. <laughs> and Millhouse didn't even want to be fallout boy. No, but he's still apparently, well, I guess he was forced to. Like, here's the thing. If you're forced to addition, you don't want it. Like, did Millhouse even try or, the, or is Millhouse like the last person? And they're like, you know what? He's good enough. We'll take him. I mean, he's not as smart as Martin, but he's kind of a Martin type. Yeah, well, he looks like a nerd. 
Exactly. So I wonder if that's what they were kind of like the, the, the type of person they were going for. Maybe. Cause look, look, I mean, if you look at Robin, like this is more campy stuff. Yeah. Campy six sixties Batman. But if you look at Robin, he's, you know, not as buff, not as big, not as, that's true. You know, compared to Batman and they already had the Rainier Wolf castle and Bart, I would say Bart is more of that athletic, yeah. more of that outgoing, yeah. type of person where Millhouse is the Jiminy Jillikers type <laughs> type kid. Um and so they introduce Millhouse as the new follow boy and all the kids are cheering, everyone's happy. And uh uh Lionel Hutz shows up. He's like, "Millhouse, baby, Lionel Hutz, your new agent, bodyguard, unauthorized biographer and drug dealer. Uh keep her away from her." <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lionel oh, Hutz. He is he is an ambulance great. chaser. Well, not only that, but I love that ending line because all agents back in like the 60s, 70s, maybe uh, maybe 80s help help their uh clients get drugs. Yeah. Maybe? I I honestly don't know. Maybe. So uh Millhouse, you know, gets chased off screaming by girls, which hey, when you're I mean, look at all the boy bands of the 90s, man. Girls loved them. Yeah, yeah. And he runs home hoping his parents can make it stop. <laughs> and his parents have bought expensive items. And Millhouse asks how they plan to play for it if he isn't a success. <laughs> I mean, well, I feel like true. I feel like he needs to sign a contract that his Maybe parents. He, oh, also I have to... he, oh, because he's underage. He needs yes. parental. Well, then his parents obviously were going to sign it. But I'm pretty sure Millhouse. Well. I would assume, well, I guess because I know Britney Spears had a conservatorship, so I think that like basically signs all your rights away to the the Guardian. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't think Millhouse would have that, so I think they would still need to get Millhouse's permission. I mean, well, he does agree to do it, but he does, yeah. But here's like even the bigger. It's like look at it like this. So Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen, yeah. from the moment they were born, yes, they were on Full House. Yes, they. I mean, they were babies. They couldn't consent to shit. Well, the parents, then, well, it's like, I mean, it's a dumb, a dumbass lawsuit, but the kid, the kid on the cover of Nirvana who yeah, sued them yeah, the, because dumb. he's like, oh, I wasn't old enough to consent. And it's like, yeah, but your parents can't consent for you. So, yep, exactly. So I like Luann sitting on the couch. I can't hear you. I'm in my jacuzzi suit. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. So, so Bart's moping around in his room after, you know, missing out on follow boy and rightfully slow. Bart's like. George Burns was right. Show business is a hideous bitch goddess. <laughs> and he's like, cheer up, Bart. Mills is still going to need a true friend. Someone to tell him he's great. Someone to rub lotion on him. Someone he can hurl whiskey bottles at when he's feeling low. <laughs> and Bart's like, you're right, Lise. I can suck up to him. Like the religious people suck up to God. <laughs> I love that line because it's so true. Yep. And so a production crew uh, starts coming through the house and Homer tells the kids they are getting paid $50 a day to have some scenes filmed at the house, which uh, Homer's a dumbass. I really would have hiked that price up. A, yes. A little bit. 50 yeah. bucks a day to definitely does not uh, cover, you know, the damages. No. <laughs> and the crew starts making a hole. In the, I think we got to send this cable through here. Well, like when they bring the light in, they they hit the yeah, top they, of the door. <laughs> okay, look, we I've actually filmed uh, in a house before, and we were very 
very gener- generous, gentle to the house. We yes. did not uh, destroy it. Oh, okay. Aside from the fact that we had a shadow, shattered glass, and that was hands down the worst because we oh, were yeah. using because we were using this house to film in. Obviously, it was someone's property, and we had to clean up yep. afterwards. Cleaning up. I don't know. Do you you don't know much, probably much about the filming side, like the movie side of thing? But we actually used. Um, I can't. What's the name of that glass that breaks into like a million pieces? Uh, it is called uh not ice glass. Uh, break. Well, I call it breakaway glass. Breakaway. You're right. Nope. Breakaway glass. So basically, the the director was like, "Well, I want to do this more realistic. So we have panes of breakaway glass, but then we also have real glass." And so dude would chuck rocks through the real glass and stuff would shatter. But then they're like, all right, well, let's film it with the, and dude, we're picking up shards of glass from everywhere. Yeah. That seems like a dumb idea. Oh man. I mean, I get, they wanted to be, you know, on point, but yes, uh, the Simpsons house is now a little bit destroyed from movie making. Yeah. And so an executive tells Homer, uh, no, 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 you skipped a line. What's that? Homer, oh, Homer that's talks. right. That's right. Homer, Homer goes out into the hallway and uh, it's like, hey, you're the guy that directed that movie. Natural uh, discretion. And the director all kind of perks up. Like, oh, you, you, you know, my, you know, my work. He's like, well, that was that movie. Uh, horrible. He's like, He's like oh, like, ugh, ugh. makes makes all these different sort, sorts know. of noises. Don't don't do that in front of a director, especially no. one that's filming in your house. Well, to be fair, they already started destroying it at this point. So <laughs> fair enough. Uh, but then the executive tells Homer, "Why don't you go uh, get some food uh, from the food truck?" And Homer runs so fast there's an outline of where he was standing. <laughs> Mister Simpson, are you still? Here? And then like he puts his hand through it and it just disappears. Now I'll uh, tell you this, man: food trucks and craft services on film sets, absolute choice, man. Some film sets put out great platters for their uh, actors and crew. And I will say, all uh, dude, anything related to media and food is usually pretty good. I uh, when I were, I've, I think I've told this story before on the on the podcast where uh, when I lived in Madison, uh, they would they did uh, uh, Steve Stricker, who's a PGA golfer. Um, uh, anybody who knows golf probably knows who he is, but he's from Mad the Madison area. And he started hosting his own event event in Madison. So the NBC station now there is a sponsor of it. So they always did live shows. They always do live shows from there. And they do it right next to the media tent where the food and the soda is. Premium. Yep. It's gold. Gold, Jerry. Gold. Um, so uh, we see uh, the like the set area. Like where they're filming stuff, and we see Krusty runs to the trailer, demanding to be cast as Crispy the Clown. <laughs> uh, and they're like, "But we've already casted someone." And they're like, and he's like, "Well, here are my headshots." And they're like, "Oh, we'll just cast you as Silly Sailor and Doctor whatever." I forget what the headshot. Like he was a doctor, a sailor, and like a grumpy person. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that was okay. great. Yeah. Here are my headshots. Uh, yep. And so then we see Bart uh, wandering onto set, which, man, the security on this set sucks. Well, I mean, when we were filming down in the uh, middle of nowhere college in 
Minnesota. I mean, kids were walking around. That's everywhere. college. This isn't a professional. That's not a professional Hollywood set. It was. Oh, it absolutely was. Well, then just, they had bad security as well. We didn't need security. People were just walking around. I mean, it was what it is. It's a t- I mean, it's a town. I mean, it wasn't like the nuclear power plant. Obviously, there was security <laughs> for that. Just can't have random people walking around. It was just the middle of town. Um, I, uh, or, Bart- or, or there was security and Bart was like, I'm here to see my friend Millhouse. Yeah. Cause they're going to let a random kid on set. He's not I a sp- random kid. He's a friend of Millhouse. To them, he's a random kid. <laughs> maybe. Uh, or so Mil- maybe, wonders- Milhouse, maybe Milhouse gave him a list of people that were allowed in his trailer. Maybe. I highly doubt it. Uh, Bart wanders onto set and sees Wolf Castle practicing uh, radioactive man's <laughs> catchphrase. Uh, 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 like he's with a line coach. Up and at him. Up and at them. Again. <laughs> up and at them. Up and at him. Up and at them. <laughs> All right, good enough. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, yeah, great. he can't say the word Adam because of his Germanic accent. Yeah. Ger- well, where's Arnold Schwarzenegger from? Austria. Austria. Austrian, Austrian accent. Close yep. enough. Um. So Bert sees Millhouse and he's like, he's like, oh man, I'm glad one of us was able to get this. And then Millhouse <laughs> explodes. And Bart's like, oh my God. And like, I swear to God, I was just congratulating him. And it turns out that uh, this version of Millhouse was a robot. He wasn't supposed to explode yet. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, uh, so there's a point in the the movie that he's supposed to explode. Yep. It's weird. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, So then, then uh, Bart looks across the street and he's like, oh, there's the real Millhouse riding a bike. And then Millhouse gets hit by a truck, and it turns out that this Millhouse is a stunt double. Yep. And uh, so uh, uh, they're shooting a scene where the where Fallout Boy gets his powers, and Bart thinks, uh, or Bart finally gets to talk to the real Millhouse. He's like, "Oh, it's so cool! You get crushed by a truck." Millhouse is like, <laughs> "Yeah, it's not as cool as it seems because he's really not getting crushed." I mean, Plus, Millhouse really doesn't want to be there. No, but Bart's really like, oh my, like, it's really weird. Like, it's weird to see how the sausage is made with movies. Yes. Like, it, it is. Oh, like, yeah, it is. Like, once you see a movie on screen, like a movie that I was a part of as crew, and then I saw it on screen, I'm like, I remember how we filmed that and that. And it's just so weird sometimes to see how how stuff is actually made. Trust me, <laughs> it's, the the same, it's the same thing in the in the TV world. Like, it's funny because I'm like, I, I always like when people are like, oh, what are you doing? I'm like, I work in television. They're like, oh, man, that's so cool. You have such. I'm like, dude, I, I, I always I'm like, yeah, it's just another job because they don't really like they see the on air product. And they don't see the shit that we have to do behind the scenes. To I don't make know it if look the news good. is as cool as a film set like movies uh, in small towns. It is. <laughs> okay. Or at least they always like, because like when they tell me that, they're like, oh, it's so cool. I'm like, yeah, it's just another job. And they're like, no, it's really cool. I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> are you just trying to make me feel better about my job? Like, what is going on here? Um, so anyways, so Millhouse uh, gets into position underneath the x-ray machine that was in the truck. And they shoot the origin scene of Fall Out Boy. Yep. And so uh, uh, Radioactive Man pulls like his how- hand. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, he pulls him out and he lifts the truck. Yep. And then I like how he pulls his hand away from the truck and the truck's still like sitting up, sitting up. But he lifts this thing up. So it must have been on like a pulley, like a pulley system. Yeah. yeah. And then he pulls his hand away and obviously the truck doesn't fall. But then about like maybe like five seconds later, he puts his hand back on the (laughs) truck. Uh, So the director yells cut and he's like, that's perfect. But let's do it again. <laughs> who who uh, does he think he is? Stanley Kubrick? Yeah, apparently. And so they're like, all right, Milhouse, back to position. Milhouse is like, uh, these aren't real x-rays, are they? And the director's like, good question. We'll check into that. Okay, x-ray machine to full power and <laughs> action. Yep. Now, now doing multiple takes in the 90s, they're still using real film. Yeah, like a lot of stuff nowadays is digital, and you can do yes. fucking as many takes as you want. Correct. But in the ni- in the nineties and way before that, you're on real film. Film costs money. Oh like, yeah. You do you do take not take, but you do what's that called? Uh, rehearsals. Yes. Like you do it over and over and over again to hope that you get that on your first shot. Yeah. Because yeah, film costs money. Yes, it does. Um. And so they do the scene again. The x-ray machine is actually turned on and it scans Millhouse and you can see his skull. <laughs> so apparently, yes, it is a real, uh, real x-ray machine. And, and now Millhouse has cancer. Yep. And so Martin, Ralph, and Nelson watch his workers uh, paint black spots <laughs> on a horse. And uh, like, uh, but Martin's like, uh, sir, why don't you uh, just use real cows? And a worker's like, cows don't look like cows on film. You got to use horses. <laughs> Ralph's Ralph's like, what do you, what do you want? What do you do if you want something that looks like a horse? Eh, Usually we just tape a bunch of cats together. Uh, That's not how that works. That's not how it works at all. Yeah, it's pretty funny though. Yeah. And so visiting on set, uh, Homer, Homer Homer gets to come on set, man. Well, I guess they're using his house. Guess they're using his house so he can go wherever he wants. And it's like, Homer's like, you guys work on the movie? You saying we ain't, we're not working? <laughs> and Homer's like, I always wanted to be a teamster. So lazy and surly. Mind if I relax next to you? <laughs> and then he, then he yawns and goes up against the truck. And all the other teamsters start stretching and yawning. And it's like a stretching contest. <laughs> now, not true, man. Teamsters and crew, man, they work their ass off on film sets, so. Yes, that is what a stereotype is. Thank you for explaining. <laughs> yep. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Hey, crew, crews work really hard. So don't always get the best recognition, but they work very hard. And so Quimby and Wiggum go to meet with the movie people. And the producers all now he's frustrated. He's like, "What is it now, Quimby? Nothing. Nothing. Only the uh, city has just passed another tax on uh, puffy directing pants." The director's like, but I don't wear puffy pants. I, uh, uh, tax on not wearing puffy pants. (laughs) Why would you, like, you want this movie to come out, stop wasting their money. I know it's Quimby and he's corrupt. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand. Like, I mean, they're, I don't know, man. You'd want for tourism. I mean, that's the whole purpose that they put this thing in variety to get filmed there. Yes. Is to promote tourism not like crash and burn the town financially 
Well, they're not crashing and burning the town financially. They're crashing and burning the movie financially. Yeah, but if the movie does, yeah, I don't know. Just because, it's, like, the the city still gets all that money. Yep. Yeah. And so uh, Bart goes to visit Millhouse in his trailer, where Millhouse has an arcade machine, candy machine, and a squishy machine. That's dope. And they 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 set him up. Yeah. And Bart says, "Uh, this living, uh, this, like, is this is living, living." And Millhouse explains that he is uh, absolutely miserable. Yeah. And so uh, then the director comes in uh, to explain to Millhouse that the uh, Jiminy Jilliker scene, um, that <laughs> that the word has lost all meaning. No, Mil- uh, well, Millhouse explains that he uh, he said Jiminy Jilliker so many times that the words have lost all meaning. Yeah. And the director comes in, we got to do the Jiminy Jilliker scene again, Millhouse. But we already did it. It took seven hours, but we did it. It's done. And the director's like, yes, but we've got to do it uh, from different angles again and again and again and again and again and again. <laughs> I love you. I use that, too. All the time. Seven again hours? Again. again. Who does he think he is? Stanley Kubrick? <laughs> again okay, and again. But so here's the thing. It makes it seem like Quimby is screwing the movie people over. But the director taking doing so many takes, he's wasting a shit ton of film. I know. Yeah, he's he is not doesn't have very good time management and uh, directorial skills. No. Um, and then the movie people watched, you know, the Jiminy Jilliker scene where Radioactive Man and Fall Out Boy were taken by Silly Sailor. <laughs> uh, that was great. Wasn't that on the Waterworld? That was in the Waterworld scene. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome that they kind of ripped on uh, Waterworld. Yeah. Um, and uh, they find out the town is uh, taking all of their money, but they say that'll be worth it because Millhouse is going to be big. Well, they and believe it, he's going to make it big. Yeah, but I don't understand. Rainier Wolfcastle's your, like, star. star. Yeah. <laughs> like, are they planning on making movies with Millhouse after the fact? I don't like, know. I don't know what they're trying to bank this on. I don't know. <laughs> like, Again, I, is Quimby really the one ruining this movie? <laughs> exactly. And uh, so now we get the the best scene in the movie. <laughs> yeah. The nuclear power plant scene. Yeah. So the director's up on top of the up on top of the railing, and it's a million dollar scene, man. This yeah. this, this this takes this costing a million dollars. They can only do it in oh yeah one day. He's like, okay, listen up, everyone. This is the mo- This is the hardest, most expensive scene in the movie, and we've only get one shot at it. So we have to do it right. Fallout Boy will untie Radioactive Man and pull him to safety. Moments before getting hit with a 40-foot wall of sulfuric acid that'll horribly burn everything in his path. Now, that's real acid, people. Or, sorry, that's real acid. So I want to see goggles, people. And (laughs) then we we cut down to Radioactive Man. Real acid? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So 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 great. So, first of all, why would you start this scene when you don't have everybody on set? Yes. Like, yes, absolutely. Like, wouldn't you make sure everybody is there? Unless Millhouse was there, and once they lit the fire and uh, dip, tipped the acid, maybe Millhouse just booked it. Like, they thought they knew he was on set, but Millhouse just, like, 
booked. Also, wouldn't you have somebody near him to make sure he doesn't do that? <laughs> yeah. So the stu- yeah. so so they start the scene, and Wolf Castle says his line, uh, but Milhouse doesn't show up on his cue. And as the acid comes towards Wolf Castle, he puts on his safety goggles and is taken away by the acid. He goes, <laughs> my eyes, the goggles do nothing. You know, it's funny. So this is one of those lines, like the uh, Luke, I am your father, like Lord, yes. the Vader scene, where like I have screwed up this line so many times saying it because I always thought my eyes, the goggles, they do nothing. But it's my eyes, the goggles do nothing. It's great. I love it. I still, I don't care. I don't care that I script the line. It's such a great line. Oh, absolutely. Because it's like, it's that quintessential Arnold Schwarzenegger line. Uh, So the acid carries Wolfcastle outside and it like pushes him halfway into a trailer. And obviously the bottom half of his costume is burnt off because sulfuric acid. Question. Okay. How the hell did he get outside? You're, you're dumping sulfuric acid. I mean, obviously it's contained within the the valley or whatever the the spot inside, but you would want that to get out. I mean, I guess the power plant has horrible safety measures because Homer Simpson runs the safety team, but... Thank you for explaining the joke. That's not a joke. I'm just saying, how does no. it get outside? Because that's the joke the nuclear power plant isn't run well so of course the acid's gonna get outside maybe i don't know man um so the director yells for millhouse and he's like that scene costs him a million dollars and then where the hell is millhouse and then crusty comes down he's like i need to talk to the producer right now i need to talk to him about my coffee yeah and he's like dressed up as like a doctor like a scientist Yep. Well, I think he got like a couple, several like side roles yes. in the movie. Yeah. So, um, and then we see Milhouse running away from the power plant. Yep. Uh, so and then we get a headline: Milhouse disappears. Movie on hold. That makes sense. Headline: Milhouse meltdown, ankles pick, flick sick. <laughs> Last headline: Spinning newspaper injures printer. <laughs> what? <laughs> like the the guy printing it or the literal printer i would say the guy printing it okay all right perfect no i just wanted to understand because <laughs> i'm like i don't know how a spinning newspaper would injure like the physical printer of it yeah but uh so uh we see uh people in the town searching for millhouse and somebody puts up a flyer for millhouse uh it's like eight million dollar reward dead or alive Except the word dead is scratched out. It's obviously $8 million. I'm pretty sure they don't have like $8 left for this movie. Yeah, I think they're out of money. And so then we, I love this scene because this happens kind of a bit now with Hollywood. So the editor's like, oh, we can just use existing footage and clip it all together. So we don't need Millhouse anymore to finish the movie. And he shows the producer and director a clip. Where it shows Radioactive Man in trouble, and it cuts to another scene of Milhouse saying Jiminy Jillikers. Clearly not in the same spot, and them not fighting. Then it cuts back to Rainier Wolfcastle, which is Radioactive Man, saying a line. And then the editor made a cut to a scene of them fighting aliens instead of, like, a gang of men that's surrounding 
radioactive yeah. man. <laughs> and uh, and the editor's like, oh, what do you think? And the, the producer and director are like, you're fired. And the editor's like, and with good cause. Yeah. Because it looked horrible. But I, I, I feel like they do that a little, like, I don't know, like a lot, like I said earlier. But, like, I feel like they do do that sometimes in movies. Oh, just kind of. Yeah. Not like. Uh, yeah, I guess I've seen that a few times in movies. Not 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 as bad as what this was trying no. to like. Accomplish. There's uh, there's a a YouTube series uh that I watch called The Try Guys, and they basically just do rant like they try random stuff, and they they kind of they they kind of do a lot of their own things too. Um, but recently, one of the one of the people in the group, it's a, a group of four guys. One of the guys uh had a scandal and the other three cut him out of the company. And so they, they like uh, one of the first videos they put out where they did stand up comedy. It seemed a little weird to me. And it's because they actually cut that fourth guy out of that video. Like they oh. shot all this stuff with them and they're like, Oh shit. And they cut him out of it. And they actually came out with a statement saying, Oh yeah, we've shot a lot of stuff with them. But we're going to, our editors are going to edit him out a lot of the videos. So it's a thing that happens. Not a, like, obviously this is Millhouse running away, not yeah. him having a scandal. But so it's, it's interesting when that kind of thing happens. And I don't think people really notice it too much. No, no, it has to be pretty noticeable to like. Like although, the way this was cut. Although there is a cut in uh, The Last Jedi where Rey is fighting uh, in the Lord Snoke's chamber. There's a weird, there's a cut where she's holding both blades and then there's, then they make a cut and then she's only holding one. Yep. And I remember seeing that when I first saw the film, like, that's an odd cut. Um, so Chief Wiggum. Uh, is outside the police station with Milhouse's parents and because uh, they gave him a pair of Milhouse's shorts and he's got uh, a police dog sniffing the, the shorts and he's like, all right, go find him. And he releases the dogs and Kirk's like, um, when they find him, aren't they going to kill him? And Wickham's like, when the dogs find him, they'll... Uh, blah, 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 <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, what did you say? Uh, <laughs> yeah, the dogs are gonna kill him. Well, Kirk's uh, like, well, Kirk's like, you just kind of trailed off there, Wiggum, and he's like, and you didn't really answer me. And Wiggum's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Bart says, I know Millhouse. I'll just search his old haunts, and so he goes over to Slot Car Heaven. One twenty-fourth the size, three eighths the fun. <laughs> and a comic book guy and Otto are racing their slot cars, and uh, Otto crashes his bus. So think, yeah, I love cool. the fact that his slot car is a bus. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And so then Bart searches for Millhouse in the Spirograph factory, where he sees a man at the table drawing with a Spirograph. And Bart's like, "Yo, Doctor S, have you seen Millhouse today?" "No." "Okay, thanks." <laughs> Doctor is like, "Wait." Did you know there's a direct correlation between the decline of uh, Spirograph and the rise in uh, gang activity? Think about it. I was like, I will. And Dr. S is <laughs> like, no, you won't. <laughs> and then he continues to Spirograph. Yes. 
Yeah, that's why gang gang uh, activity has risen all across the country. <laughs> Spirographs, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Got to bring sure. back bring back the spirograph. Sure. So Bart checks the last place where Millhouse would go, and it's Bart's treehouse. And he goes there a lot. I mean, look, yeah. he uh, had his girlfriend. That's where he went. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely where he goes to get away. And I like how Bart goes up to his treehouse and he looks in all four corners, <laughs> and then he comes back to the next one, and there's Millhouse uh, sitting there. <laughs> how did he miss him? Uh, it's hard to look in all four corners of a tiny treehouse. And Millhouse tells Bart that he doesn't want to go back. And Bart says, being a star is uh, is every patriotic American's dream. <laughs> Which, now with YouTube, yes, more oh, absolutely. than ever. Back in the 90s, yeah, it was definitely a dream. Like, yeah. it was a lot of kids, like, wanted to, wanted to do it. But now, dude, every fucking kid with a camera thinks they're a star on on youtube i mean to be fair it even extends to uh audio oh yeah because yeah uh, look at us yeah there you go we're doing a podcast on the simpsons yep uh milos is acting uh is acting as a sham and the real heroes are out there and points out the out the treehouse and bart says television <laughs> yep yeah and uh milos says that uh they are curing heart disease and wiping out world hunger and and uh Bart's like, but Millhouse, they haven't cured anything. Heart disease and world hunger are still rampant. Those do-gooders are all a bunch of pitiful losers. Every last one of them. Want results? You go to the Schwarzeneggers, the Stallones, and to the lesser extent, the Van Dams. Oh, <laughs> uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> yep. He was that B-rate actor compar- in comparison to Schwarzenegger oh, yeah. and Stallone. Uh, he's See, done. He's done a couple of A-list movies, has he? Yeah, I guess well, he was in Expandables. Yep. Yeah, but that's because every like everyone was in the everyone was in the Expendables <laughs> or Expendables, and they, and they were expendable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although I do find it funny um, that because uh, Steven Seagal was kind of the same. Like he, he was, was yeah, but he, he was, but in, in his mind, role. he thought he was an A-list actor. Um, yeah, and. Uh, Steven Seagal like legit hates uh, Jean Claude Van Damme, and uh, because and it's also Seagal's fault. Seagal challenged Van Damme to a fight. Van Damme's like, "All right, let's go outside right now." And Seagal like backed off, and Van Damme followed him to a bar to like actually fight him, and then eventually like he backed off. And this is uh, uh, from the words of Sylvester Stallone. Crazy, yeah. Um, and so then we get a helicopter uh, flying <laughs> in and we see Mickey Rooney, who voiced himself. Yes, he did. Yep. And the studio sent Mickey to talk to Milhouse because uh, he was a child star in box office drop from 1939 to 1940. It's like, wow, span two decades. <laughs> uh, technically, yes. <laughs> Tec- yeah, technically span two decades. Technically, I mean, it's one year. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Milos asks how they found them. And Mickey points out that the studio tapped the treehouse uh, phone. Cup phone. Cup, cup phones. Yeah. yeah. I love how they tied another phone into a van. Yeah, that was awesome. And Mickey tells Milhouse that he has to go back because you're good. And uh, Milos says acting is hollow. And Mickey says the only form of entertainment that is hollow is the music industry. Uh, I, maybe. I don't know. 
I have no I idea. Those guys like to party too. Yeah. Maybe. So Mickey Mickey pleads with Millhouse to go back for the moviegoers and the foreign markets, which are more oh. important now than more than <laughs> ever. Uh, that is even true today because look how many stars get in trouble when they talk shit about China. Yep. Like John Cena was like, oh, Taiwan's a real country. And then he had a backtrack because China's like, well, we're not going to show your movies here anymore. Yep. Like, China China does not like showing movies, do they? Well, as as long I mean, it's funny because there's quite a few movies that like bombed in the US, but like were huge in the foreign markets because those were the like I think Pacific Rim is like a really good example of that. Yeah. Cause I, I it did not I think it made like eighty million dollars in the US, but it made like four hundred million in China or some crazy as like difference like that. Yeah. So yeah, foreign markets are, are huge. Uh, so Milhouse says no, and Mickey's like, that's okay. And he's like, they have a perfectly good fallout boy right here, and he puts his arm around Bart. <laughs> yeah. Psych! <laughs> it's actually Mickey. Um, Mickey is shown uh, practicing uh, as fallout boy. Jellickers, Jimmy Jimmy Jellickers. Jellickers. <laughs> uh And the director says they're shutting down production, and the producer says they only have $1,000 left anyways. Yeah. And then Quimby overhears and says, there's a thousand dollar leaving town tax. Oh God, Quimby! <sighs> but to be fair, I'm pretty sure the director also screwed him over on money. Yeah. Um. So uh, the town watches as the studio trucks leave, and Mickey Rooney is still there, and he's like, "I hope you're all satisfied. You bankrupted a bunch of naive movie folks, <laughs> folks from Hollywood, where values are different. They weren't thinking about the money." They just wanted to tell a story, a story about a radioactive man. And you slick small towners took him for all they were worth. And the crowd looks ashamed and sad. And Otto, who's holding back tears, should we give them some of that money back? And Quimby, who's also crying. No, (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, I love it because it's all like I love the backwardsness of it. Yeah, because, you know, like, I mean, Minnesota, they want you to come and spend your money there but they're not gonna price gouge you out like no that's why they have tax breaks exactly like and that's why that's why Georgia's huge oh yeah they, they don't they tax ex- anything they explode it like everyone wants to film in georgia well shit i know uh because steve harvey when he took over family feud i think they were filming it in california and because yeah. he doesn't have to pay taxes he moved it to georgia Yep. Like Georgia, like you don't have to pay fucking anything if you're yeah, filming. George, that's why Georgia's huge, man. Yeah. Everyone wants to film. Because isn't that where, isn't that where they filmed The Walking Dead? Was Walking Georgia? Dead. All the Marvel shit. There's a Marvel Studios in, in Georgia. Georgia. Oh shit, I didn't know. Like, that. like it, it's in, it's it's insane, and that's why, like, that's why a lot of shit was filmed in the '90s in Minnesota because yeah. tax breaks. Did uh, why... Kevin Smith uh, film Mallrats in Minnesota? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Because of the tax breaks. Like, he actually said it on one of his podcasts. Yeah. Like, he was looking for several malls to fill mall rats, and Minnesota had the best tax breaks. Yeah. Yeah, you want, you want, you want business. Sometimes, you know, giving a little back helps. Um, And so then a helicopter comes to pick up Mickey, and he's, and and the guy's like, oh, uh, tells him about a part he could play in a Jell-O commercial, and he leaves. (laughs) Yep. He's like, oh, yeah, I can play little that. little girls, girls. distressed or depressed and uh, 
somewhere. It's like, yeah. I could play a little girl. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, so then we cut to Bart in class and he's talking to who he thinks is Milhouse about leaving the acting life behind. But it's Milhouse's stunt double trying to get his citizenship. <laughs> Why what? would you go to an elementary school? Because uh, he looks like a young Milhouse and maybe he's a, a elementary school diploma. I don't, I don't know. know. Uh, so then the movie production crew is greeted in Hollywood by a cheering crowd. The crowd holds signs such as we love you and welcome troubled production. <laughs> oh, my God. And uh, a crowd member goes, we know you don't have any more money left, but that doesn't matter. Just take whatever you need from our boutiques. Until you can get back on your feet. The crew is like, thank God we're back in Hollywood where people treat each other right. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Sure. Yep. Uh, and then the song Lean On Me plays as they <laughs> zoom out of Hollywood where there's like a rainbow and it's all happy and sunshine. And it plays into the credits. And then eventually the Simpsons theme takes over. Yep. No, I mean... I that's Hollywood for you, man. Yeah, the they love they love their production companies. They sure but, do. Uh, so I love this episode. It I this is probably one of my favorite episodes. Uh, it just has so many great lines, and I mean, it's funny that it's about a movie being filmed, but we don't even see a lot of the production either. No, like we see the we see the um uh the. Uh, what's that like the radio uh, nuclear power plant scene and that's really about it the filming of the movie but just everything that millhouse goes to goes through i think this episode just really wanted wanted me to be an actor i never got there i did i did some side stuff but never really got there but it definitely spoke to me i i love the audition parts i loved a lot of different intricacies of it and that's why i liked working on film crews like up here in Minnesota, any small crew production that I could get my ass on, I did it. Especially during college and when I was like working smaller jobs at like Best Buy and didn't have a kid. So yeah. Um, but I think that's why I love doing cons and working with guests because I'm like, ooh, maybe I could get in on something. <laughs> but no, for me, five everything's coming up Millhouse, and that's not just because Millhouse is in this episode. <laughs> uh, but I, everything wasn't coming up Millhouse in this episode either. But. My rating five. Everything's coming up. Millhouse. Yeah, so, this uh, is it's chicken necks. Fan- uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this is a fantastic episode. I uh, I do really like it. I, I I do have the qualms about them passing over Bart because of his height. It's not like he was like six inches too short or a foot. It was an inch. I get <laughs> it. It was to move the plot along a little bit. Um, uh, outside of that, it's fantastic. There's some really good jokes. Um, I mean, one of the classics, my eyes, the goggles do nothing, um, is, I love it. It's, it's really good. Um, however, as good as, did I say, did I already give it a rating? I don't think I have. You did not. Um, but I don't know if it quite hits that five for me. There are a little, I mean, it's really good. It is a really good, it's a strong episode. Yeah. You know what? I'll give it a five. Everything's coming up. Millhouse. Uh, it's, you know, cause you get the whole, uh, subplot of Millhouse not really wanting to do it. And like, I think there's a lot of kids out there who probably would watch this episode, like who have been pushed into doing something they don't, didn't want to do. And it's like, well, I don't want to do it. And then you're forced to do it and then you're not happy. And 
you know, you got to think of the kids' mental well-being. So I think this is, you know, a little bit ahead of its time. Well, I mean, I guess this episode is topical in any decade. Really? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, five. I don't know why I'm dilly-dallying on the five. No, everything's coming up Millhouse. And again, not just because Millhouse is in it. Although that does help. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's a Millhouse. I mean, I don't necessarily know if it's considered a Millhouse centric episode, but it uh, revolves I would, around them. It revolves like, I would say it's more or less about the movie and then it dives into Millhouse a little bit. I think it's like a Millhouse Bart centric yeah. episode. It's like three men in a comic, three, three boys yeah. in a comic book kind of. Yep. Yeah. So uh, let's uh, finish it off with our character profile. And this week we have Rainier Wolfcastle. His uh, occupation, overpaid portrayer of action hero McBain. Mm-hmm. Uh, his country of origin, someplace they speak German. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, biggest theatrical stretch, playing radioactive man. Yeah. Which, yeah, that's a stretch. <laughs> yeah. Um. Biggest the uh sorry uh turnoffs nerds being washed away <laughs> in a tide of sulfuric acid. Yeah, I think that's anyone's turnoff. Yeah. Uh, biggest mystery: how an obvious tato tutanophone tutanophone can get away with playing an Irishman. Hold on. What is that? We're 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 gonna do some sleuthing. Tut toot in the phone i don't think that's a real word oh it is a real word oh is it is it two words no it's one word well there's toot in a file oh here we go a germanophile a toot in a file or a toot file is a person who is fond of german culture german people and germany in general or who exhibits german patriotism in spite of not being either an ethnic german or a german citizen so i think okay. that's what they're getting at so is, how an obvious Tutanophone can get away with playing an Irishman. So somebody who big... loves Germany, German culture, can get away with playing an Irishman. <laughs> yep. That's a big, uh, that is a pretty big mystery. Yeah. And he drives a Humvee. Oh, boy. All right, guys. So uh, come check us out on Facebook, The Simpsons Did It Podcast, over on Instagram, The Simpsons Did It Pod. Um, you can uh, search our handle on YouTube now, The Simpsons Did It Pod, to check out all of our YouTube videos. Makes it that much easier. And if you want to tag us in your videos or anything like that, feel free to do so so other people can find our videos. Make sure to like and subscribe and possibly comment, and I will comment back at you. So definitely all that stuff helps out. Uh, you can give us a phone call if you want to leave us a voicemail message on our podcast, 612 584 0986 and if you like to donate to our podcast help us out with a little bit of uh duffs to you know help us support the channel and uh support our podcast uh we'll send you some stickers which is really cool and i'm working on a couple new designs with someone so hopefully those will be available soon enough um and you can do that at buymeacoffee.com backslash the simpsons did it So, until next time, I'm Steven Sklansky. And I'm Robert Sklansky. And this has been The Simpsons Did It. Shh.